Hi everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Rituals in Nature podcast. I spoke to Mary Grace Allardyce for this interview and I took so much away from this. It was really beautiful to chat and catch up, but something that really stands out to me is this idea that we can learn so much from our gardens and just from being a part of the landscape and relating to our bodies in this way. Um, and also I heard a lot around looking at the stars and, and relating to astrology in a way that helps us maybe see life more as a cycle than a, a linear path that we're chasing along. And that was really helpful to remember listening back just now. This conversation was recorded in February and I'm sorry that it always took some, takes me a while at the moment to bring things out. Um, I'm still navigating the recovery um, of my leg and I'm having surgery again in a couple of weeks. So I'm taking it one day at a time and I don't really have a fixed schedule with the podcast. Um, and I'm really grateful for your patience and really excited to be podcasting more this summer. But anyway, today I'm sending this episode your way and I really hope you'll enjoy it and maybe yeah, just feel some more compassion or openness to, towards your own understanding or experience of nonlinear time. I have just a few announcements to make before we start. The first one is that um, I am running a free workshop on branding as alchemy on Monday. That's uh, June the 7th um, over at yarrowdigital.com and I will link to that in the show notes. And then I also have a free uh, virtual summer business retreat coming up over there um, the 24th and 25th of July. And I think that's going to be a really beautiful community-based, creative, intuitive, deep dive into our creative project. So even if you don't think of yourself necessarily as a business owner, um, if you have a creative project that you're working on or you just want to kind of map out your bigger, bigger, <laughs> bigger picture vision, then you're super invited. It's totally free. Um, it will be all weekend. It will be recorded. So if you can't make all of the sessions, that's okay. And yeah, it's just a way for me to give back, I guess, um, to everyone who has been supporting me so kindly these past months and years, really. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And I'll also link to that in the show notes. And then finally, um, on July 5th, I'm going to start a four-week program called Create and Launch for people who've been wanting to create like a class or a course for a while but just are procrastinating, which has been me for the longest time um, until March this year. And the accident I had on New Year's Eve last year kind of really forced me to look at my business and my creativity in the way that it is and isn't sustainable. And one key piece that was really important for me was to re-record all my courses and also add some new ones. So I recorded a class called Questioning Social Media, for example, which is really um popular and I'm getting really beautiful sweet feedback from for it and and people really love the container and I think it's really re-energized my passion for evergreen things that people can study in their in the privacy of their own homes and I think I love groups so much I love facilitating them and that's yeah been something in the last few years that's been really close to my heart but this year I found that there's also something really beautiful and just like providing information and holding space, but not necessarily always being in groups <clears throat> and live on Zoom. 
So this is something that we'll look at together. Um, it's a pre-recorded course and then each Monday evening for four weeks we'll have live Q&A sessions and that's to really make sure that you are going through this process with ease and creativity and joy um, to make your own class that you might be offering and that you also have a very clear path or um, map as to how you're going to launch it and promote it in a way that feels aligned with your values. Um, so yeah, that's starting July 5th. There's early bird pricing till June 18th. It's going to be $180 and $240 afterwards. Um, and I'll link to that too. And now I'm going to listen, let you listen to this episode. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey, everyone. I'm so excited and so looking forward to this interview. And I know I often say this. And it is just always true because I'm incredibly lucky with my guests and the conversations I get to have. Today, I'm talking to Mary Grace Allardis, um, who I don't even know <laughs> how to capture all the beautiful things that you do. There's so many really beautiful modalities. There's a lot of astrology and movement and embodiment. Mary has a great podcast and just, yeah, just offers a lot of magic to the world. I had a really beautiful session with Mary. Um, well, not a session, actually. I received a reading that was incredibly a point when I came back from hospital after breaking my leg. And I'm still sitting with that. And to be honest, now that I say that out loud, I haven't drawn any cards since because I really believe in sitting with the depth of a good reading for as long as feels right. But that was just my personal fangirl intro waffle. <laughs> Mary, I'm going to hand it over to you and say thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to speak to you. I'm so glad to be here. I could not be more delighted, actually. <laughs> Great. So let's begin by seeing where you are in the world and what nature is like around you. Okay. I am an American. I live on. I live in the southeastern United States in Atlanta, Georgia, and we're kind of on the outskirts of the city a little bit now. And what is nature like around me? Um, currently looking out my window. We have lots of oak trees, lots of pine trees. I am close. I'm a couple hours from the mountains. I'm like five hours from the ocean. And I try to get to the woods with a river whenever I can. I have a garden out in the backyard that my husband and I built last year that I am so in love with and obsessed with taking care of. <laughs> and I really feel at this moment, which we were talking about briefly before we started recording, that I'm really trying to engineer my life to be more immersed in all of the trees and the water um, and being more in everyday communion with those things. More, more trees than people is where I'm trying to get to. Yes, I was nodding along with that. And for those that don't know you, how would you describe your work? I know that's a, that can be a really tricky question, and I want to have space <laughs> for that to also be fluid. So just in this moment, how would you describe your work today? Yeah, I think that the widest umbrella that I live under, I think, is someone who is deeply creative and also intuitive. And I think whatever other practices come to the forefront or always living under those umbrellas. Even when I was primarily, you know, like teaching Pilates full time, I was still, it took me 10 years to realize it, but the people were coming to me, not because 
I'm so good at Pilates, even though I definitely think it's a very, it can be very therapeutic and help people with a lot of pain and injuries. Um, but they were coming to me because I would intuitively know what was wrong or how their day was going or what they needed or what their body was needing or what the root of their injury was. And so even working in that capacity, I realized people were coming to me for my intuition. And so I really have a deep passion around alignment just when I was working in like physical therapeutic sense primarily. And now I work more in an energetic and spiritual space. I kind of knocked up against what only working with the body can do if people are not also spiritually open or emotionally open. I, there were many crossroads where I ran into where we need to work with both. And so I, I use primarily intuitive tools these days to really help us unlock our own alignment, whether it's astrology or channeling or remediation or spell work or energy work. It's my, I really have a lot of love and insight and passion for helping people live in alignment with themselves. And I think because our alignment is unique, our life challenges, our gifts are unique, our callings, the things that we love, um, there's just a really uh, a lot of flow and freedom and purpose, I think, that can unfold in our lives when we really step into what is unique about us and what it's calling us to and how what is within us can truly guide us. And that is such a brave thing. We're so trained from such a young age to orient to what is outside of us, to the rules, to the, the expectations of others from such a young age. We don't even notice it. And it, it, it can be very courageous or, or frightening in some instances to really like trust ourselves to the extent that we make our alignment, our compass. So I would say most of my work centers around helping people with that, whether it is through sessions or the podcast or um, with the community. It's just about reorienting to, yeah, what is within us and what it's telling us about our life and what we need to do and what we're here to do and who we are, um, as opposed to trying to navigate through other means. Yes, <laughs> yes to all of this. That is so interesting to hear. And I know that imagination is also a big part of your work. And I feel that this past year, we've really been invited to imagine and reimagine ourselves and also the future, the way we relate. And I wonder what that's been like for you and also what role your body and embodiment has played in that. I love this question and I love them together. Um, something that has really powerfully clicked for me in the past few months is that I think a lot of, let me frame that differently. We live in a world where we're so future oriented and we're so quick, our pace is quick. Like we were, we're working at the speed of technology instead of the speed of the body or the speed of the earth. And so I think a lot of the imagination, at least that I personally feel called to, and I think to an extent collectively that we can be called to in different ways, is that our imagination that we're called to in this moment is also a practice of remembering and putting back together the pace of the body, how we're supposed to exist on the earth and like embodiment, like being in a body, expressing through my body is just something that's always been deeply important to me. Like I've been dancing since I was very young. I rigorously pursued it. It was just, it's so connected to how I understand what is going on inside of me. Um, 
And in recent years, my understanding of my embodiment is really extending beyond the flesh of my own physicality, right? Moving towards experiencing my body within nature as a component of the natural world or contained by the natural world or connected to it where I, which is also something about like magic and mysticism and all of that, but like looking at the tree and be like, I am that tree, like that tree's well-being is deeply connected to mine or I am the ocean, I am the moon, I am the mountain, the water, the soil. And that really feeding my own sense of embodiment and our our interdependence, our reverence for the body of the natural world is just connected to my own experience and seeing how they're not separate things. And I'm digressing a little bit, but from like a really young age, like I would just like sob in the car, like in my car seat in the back in the car when I would see like my heart would literally hurt when I was like four years old and I would see this pile of trees that people had just like cut down or raised down to like build a new neighborhood. And a lot of the recent work for me in the past few years has been allowing myself to recover that child and let it feed my understanding of my own body. And I think as it relates to these times that we're living in right now, like you said beautifully, like we're being asked to imagine. And I think being asked to imagine is being asked to return or remember this connection that we have to the body of the earth. I think a lot of the problems that we're experiencing are rooted in forgetting that or disconnecting that or kind of dishonoring that's happening between collective humanity and the natural world. You know, the way that we're driving, like human behavior is driving mass extinction. We're, you know, I say we in a very vague sense. Um, our economies really are poisoning our soils and poisoning our food and poisoning the water and because it's quote profitable, you know, and it's at the expense of our health and it's at the expense of the health of the planet. And those things are deeply interconnected. And so I think, you know, when we return, nature has the template for how we thrive and nature has the template of our existence and how our evolution works and what does balance look like? How does it move? What does give and take look like? What does listening look like? What does biodiversity look like? How important is it? And the earth teaches us how we thrive. And I think we get lost and we get sick and um, things stop working when we remove ourselves from that template you know, this perspective that our economies have where it's like the earth is our natural resource, right? To like chop up and pillage depending on what we need for our corporate spreadsheet. And um, it can be a lot of work for us to really reimagine a world that actually was not that long ago of what it is to relate more directly in a way of reverence and honoring and operating within the bounds of nature as a gift and as a way that we actually flourish a limitation that actually helps us feel good and thrive. I think those are the ways that some of those questions are conflating for me. And I can't remember what the question is now or if that actually answered it, but. <laughs> me neither, but I've been on this beautiful journey into the woods right now. And again, was nodding along. So I think we're good. This is a good, this is a great direction. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder on a day-to-day -day basis, what are you doing to kind of keep yourself grounded in these truths and what tools are you particularly excited about on that path at the moment? I think 
which is something that we talked about because I also had the honor of having you on my podcast and we talked, so I won't have that conversation again here, but we talked about um, technology and social media specifically. And I think would say a tool that I have taken out of my life that's helped a lot is I um, deleted Instagram. I was like dealing with dissociation and feeling pulled out of my body was just a real becoming a really big struggle. And it was sort of blocking me from the practices that would help me with embodiment. And I would say, so that has been the tool that I've done without that has helped immensely. Um, but on a day-to-day -day basis, I would say, you know, my, my altar practice, which varies from day to day, um, astrology is just such an incredible tool and it perpetually calls me to the big picture and it has helped I'm someone who can take pretty much anything deeply personally, obviously, if I'm like crying about trees and I feel like, you know, it's like you chopped off my arm, you know, so obviously I take the world personally, but astrology really helps me pull back and take a wider look and to observe what is happening more neutrally where I can see it in a way that is also not personal. And that's been really helpful for me to just have a mechanism for which I can say like, okay, this is happening okay, this dynamic is coming up. Okay, this is going to last this long. It's not fun, but it has an end date. And, you know, how can I just accept that it's happening? Or um, how can I support myself with magic or with other practices so that I can feel less encumbered during, you know, a transit that's not going to feel that great? I have a meditation practice that I used to be really fixed about that I used I um I first started meditating with like a transcendental meditation practice and it has since become more fluid <laughs> as far as what meditation I'm sitting with each day but I would say that combined with channeling is just such a helpful navigation tool it helps me connect to myself to a sense of feeling connected to source or the power within myself and how those things are not necessarily separate. And it's really where I connect to clarity and wisdom and what I need for that moment. And I would say as far as how I navigate or making choices or feeling around with what's right or what's best for me in each moment is I would say astrology and, and channeling are really my primary practices for that these days and gardening. And I'm talking about all these things like they're separate and they're just so not, they just weave in and out of each other all the time, at least for me. But gardening has taught me so much about relating to the natural world. It's totally reworked my understanding of abundance and what it is to be provided for and my sense of time and seasons and just really feeling like work, but also how it can just feel really joyful and reciprocal and beautiful. It's everyone should have a garden, <laughs> even if not for food, but it just is such a beautiful teacher. And it's totally reprogrammed my sense of like what it is to be provided for, what it is I actually need breaking down, you know, like where food comes from and like how you don't really need money for food. <laughs> and I mean, we do in the systems that we live in, but what is the rule underneath that, that like the earth actually gives us everything that we need. And there's been a really deep healing unfolding for me within that process. So I would say those are the tools that are really forefront right now and braiding in and out of what's holding me down or holding me to myself in a way that's helpful.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really agree. I wish a garden for everyone as well. And I have already <clears throat> sorry, learned so much from it and continue to see so much potential and observation and presence and growing our own food. And so that's really exciting. I would love to hear more in depth about your astrology practice in your podcast episodes. You often speak so beautifully to <clears throat> what's going on in that moment. And I think I'm I, I'm like really not an expert at all on astrology. And I really enjoy this feeling of being a total beginner and not feeling like I have to pick up every modality that excites me and, you know, become um, a pro at it. So with that, I'm just kind of leaning back and trusting other people and feeling excited about that. But I really love how you, yeah, describe and break it down. And I wonder how you first get into it and what's inspiring you as a tool within astrology at the moment. And like, how are you looking at the sky? <laughs> <laughs> I love that question framed that way. Um Astrology is really helpful for me because it allows me to pull in a lot of things that I'm interested into one understanding. (laughs) And astrology is really helpful for me also in that it doesn't, it allows room for a poetic understanding of things because we're operating with a symbolic language. It's precise, but it can also be understood and interpreted poetically, which is kind of my go-to. So I find that it's very accepting of me in that way. Um, And I love what you said about giving ourselves permission to like, just not have to be experts in everything that we're interested in. I really feel that I have moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, do I need to become perfect at this? It's like, no, that's their jam. Let them, you know, let them give you their expertise or what they're learning. So I think I, it's something that I'm practicing as well. Um, But I do primarily natal astrology. meaning I sit down with people and help them understand their birth charts. And then once they understand that, I have people who kind of come in an ongoing way where we talk about like, you know, there's a lot of different timing techniques where we can look at what's coming up for them within a given year. And there's also ways that we can look at the chart um, from the perspective of remediation where we can see, you know, what planets or things are really challenging either within the natal charter happening in the sky currently, like with transits. And we can see like, you know, this is really challenging for you right now. What practices, what remediation work can we do to kind of help make that more, more bearable and also help you live out your full potential. So those are the things that I really love about it. And I've been obsessed with astrology for a very long time and always like, you know, it started with horoscopes, of course, but then it was just like reading, like reading all the books and it was, um, a lot of reading of all the books and feeling it's just something that I felt very spongy with where I just, it's like I would read it once or I would listen to it once and I just knew it and I just could not forget it. And that is not how I am with everything at all. I'm actually very forgetful about a lot of things (laughs) and astrology was just not one of them. It was very easy for me to just get it and understand it and soak it all up. And I have, I operate mostly, I have a very, um, a more traditional or classical or Hellenistic approach to astrology. Um, And of course, I allow myself to also be informed by some more contemporary or kind of archetypal notions about it. But the baseline or foundation of my practice is more classical. And it helps me orient myself and others you know, I love that it's in a circle, like we're looking at life in a circle in a lot of ways. And we're 
we're also all existing at this really precise point at, in time and space. And astrology can really be helpful at not only helping us understand what that point is for each of us, but also to really appreciate it about ourselves and to appreciate others, to just be, you know, I look at a lot of charts and so many there's people are so different <laughs> and it can help us really appreciate how the world can be different or feel different or look so different from all of these really unique perspectives or points in space at which our lives are, are oriented to the earth and to the stars. And I find it, it helps others as well to really accept that about themselves with who they are or how they operate or, and appreciate the layers of all that complexity. I think one of the, if there is a disservice of some of the, the popularizing of astrology is the reduction that like, you know, you're your sun sign where that's just really not true. Like astrology is deeply complex. And I think it's as humans are deeply complex. And I think it can help us appreciate all the different layers and contradictions even that we all have. And that being said, with all of its poetic use, it can also be deeply practical <laughs> where you're looking at it. You're like, hmm, this is not going to be the best time for me to start this kind of thing, or these particular actions are not supported, or, um, or with last year, you know, in 2020, or even now in 2021, knowing what kinds of dynamics we're going to be seeing in the collective or what's coming up in the ethers so that we're, we're a little more prepared <laughs> on a personal level. Um, which can, I can find can be really helpful. Is, is, is this the year for me to really, you know, go out and start this new thing? Like for some people, maybe yes, but for this chart, maybe no. And again, bringing us back to this real appreciation of how we're all really uniquely oriented to heavens and to the earth. We're all a really unique portal in that aspect. And I would say that, that those are the primary ways that I really, I help people orient towards, you know, their purpose, their life, acceptance permission to be that person um and then also in more practical ways to just understanding you know what is supported right now where do you need help or do you need assistance and, and things like that just to make our lived experience more more fulfilled i think and ultimately more joyful i hope yeah me too that makes sense um, is there any particular astrological event that you're excited about this year? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to Jupiter is going to be in Pisces from I think like mid-May to the end of July. And I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> On a personal level, that's great for me. Um so selfishly, I'm excited about that. But I think for the collective as well, Jupiter is a planet that wants to help and wants to make things better, wants us to, you know, how do I say this? Wants to give and create opportunities. And Jupiter has been in positions in the past few years where they're not really as able to do that as they want to be. Jupiter is expansive and bountiful and generous, and they've been in signs or in positions where they're really limited in how much they're able to do that. And so I think on a collective level that we'll feel that <laughs> as well. So um, it's going to be a, a blip of a preview, so to speak. Jupiter will move into Pisces for a couple of months from about like mid-May to the end of July. 
and we'll get a sort of, and then at the end of the year, they will move into Pisces for a longer term transit. So it's like, we're going to get a little preview or like a, a trailer for what that's going to feel like in our charts and what that could feel like on the collective level as well. And I think it could potentially bring us some levity and some insight, some support, some brightness um, as we navigate, you know, we're, we're navigating some transits this year that aren't super fun on a collective level. They're not as intense as 2020 at all, I don't think. But I do think that there's still, there can be some challenging aspects to deal with. And I think having this Jupiter in a place where they can be harmonious and bright and expansive and just generous, I think that's going to be something that feels really good. <laughs> Definitely for me. And, but I think also collectively, it's something that's going to just help us feel a little more open and excited and available, <laughs> more helped. Yeah, I'm so open to be more helped. <laughs> yeah, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. I'm here for that. Yes. I would Same. love to pivot a little bit and ask you about your creative practice. How, what has that been like for you and how's it changed through the pandemic and what feels true for you and what you want to bring forward also in not being on Instagram anymore? Yeah, I think one of the, the, the weird cycles I caught myself in on Instagram was that I would feel, I'm someone who's very sensitive, um, in case that wasn't obvious. Um, and I, because of that, I think I can also get overwhelmed very easily. And feeling like, you know, when we're scrolling, <laughs> when I'm scrolling, it was just kind of, we're in everyone else's creativity and seeing what everyone else is putting out. And for me anyways, that had me a sense further and further removed from my own creativity where I was just in this kind of consumption or absorbing phase and not in the, not in the creation phase. And for me personally, that may not be true for everyone. That is very disorienting and uncomfortable. And so I would kind of pull away from myself to moderate that feeling. So getting away from that cycle, which for me was not healthy, um, has opened up more space to access my own creativity. Like to me, reading is deeply fulfilling and nourishing and reading helps me feel very creative. Um, and so I've been doing a lot more of that. And as someone who's, I mean, my artistic practice has primarily been dance for most of my life and it's been hard to... Um, you know, and, and there's something deeply communal about dance. And I really miss, you know, rolling around on the floor with like 20 other people, you know, and just like kind of being sweaty and like working things out and like experimenting with things in a group. And really it's, it's a very physical practice. And, um, and that's the reason that I love it, the way it brings you together with the people that you're working with. And so that is something that I feel I don't have a solution for at the moment and I just feel in grief about it or uh, the absence of that, those relationships in my life right now is something that I feel sad about not having. And me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, so I feel like finding other ways, like what is it if I just do a dance upstairs by myself or if I go to the woods and I, or I dance for the river or, um, I went to the river one day with a friend and we just like got in it and just danced. And it was just like, okay, this is for the water. Like the water is our audience. This is what we're here to do. And so finding other ways to access that has been 
beautiful. And I'll be excited to see how that reintegrates with whatever a studio practice looks like in the future. And it's opened up a lot of more time to write, honestly. I, um, as someone who loves to read, I also love to write. And it's a, a, even in my dance practice, writing is a way that I kind of understand or navigate the process that I'm in. And really just allowing myself to roll with that and finding myself really doing a lot of writing, whether it's preparing for a podcast or allowing the podcast to be a space for my creative output in some way. Um, finding other or allowing the creativity to show up in like what I'm cooking for dinner or how I'm arranging my altar or how I'm communicating with someone in a session as opposed to just being like, I'm only creative in this aspect of my life and it's when I'm in the studio and it's when I'm dancing or it's when I'm choreographing or whatever, um, allowing it to kind of bleed out into other ways, even if they're smaller and appreciating those those ordinary ways that we show up to our creativity. And, and I don't mean ordinary in a derogatory sense. I mean, just the kind of these beautiful ordinary ways that we can show up really creatively and use that, uh, like how we're creating space in our bedroom or in our relationship or, you know, learning to salsa dance in the kitchen on YouTube with my husband, you know, like these little that I never would have done, you know, but he was like, I want to learn to salsa dance. I'm like, okay. Um, I don't know how to do that. And just really appreciating these really small, ordinary ways, gardening as a deeply creative practice, like really, really letting the definitions get a little messier as to how I'm expressing that. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, that really is beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I wonder if there's anything that we haven't touched on yet that you would like to share about that you're passionate about people knowing about be that dancing or bodies or how to get into astrology or just how to look at the moon. I'm open to anything that wants to be shared. Uh, I was like, I'm a fan of all of those things. Um, <laughs> I think everyone could benefit from being in their bodies more or spending more time with their body, which is also a lunar practice in an astrological, like in astrology, we're looking at the moon, we're looking at the body in a lot of ways. And I think just from all the people that I've seen over the years in different capacities, like there is not a single person who could not benefit from moving more, being in their body more, being aware of their body more. And as a dancer, you know, so used to people being like, like, what does it mean? Or, or prefacing every conversation, like, well, I'm not a dancer or I can't do that. And I think there's a big invitation there. I think, you know, that we have this life and it's precious and it's, whether we think it's singular or not, we have this life that we're in right now. And there's an invitation there to move and to find joy in being a body. You know, what other, whatever other existences are out there for us that we either believe or don't believe in is fine. We're here right now. And when we're in a body, we can move. And we can appreciate it and we can experience through our senses. Like when we're eating, we're dancing, right? Like we're tasting everything. And like, I just want to taste everything. And you don't have, there's not a special thing that you don't understand. Like you do understand. It's just that you think that you're supposed to understand one specific 
thing that eludes you. And that's not true. I'm saying you now, I'm being like accusatory, but like so many people, I don't understand the dance. I don't understand. Yes, you do. Because you're you, you have a body, you have a way that you understand life and that is correct. And it may change and that will also be correct. And so, you know, it, when we move our bodies, when we create with our bodies, when we interact with the earth and we create with the earth, we're being invited to know something in a different way, to know something with something besides our mind, to know something in a way besides our words. And I think so much, especially as we've become more technological, um, you know, we're not computers, right? We're not, we didn't evolve that way. Our body knows things, our instincts know things and our intuition is connected to these processes, to our bodies, to our food, to our gut and to the earth. And I think if I could wish something for everyone, it would be to connect to those ways more. What is your body telling you? It doesn't have to make sense. You know, your intuition doesn't always make sense and that's okay. Your understanding is perfect, whatever it is, even if it's even if it ends up being a wrong choice, you're listening. And I think that that practice is something that's so valuable. And I think people would benefit more from, even me too, um, I'm not excluding myself from this. And I think dancing can be a beautiful gateway <laughs> into, into that listening and into that language and that communication. Yes, I agree. And I think that's such a beautiful message to send out into the world and to really invite people in to consider what that means to them so yeah that's beautiful thank you um what are you currently offering and where can people find you if they want to know more mm, i have a podcast which you've also been on which everyone should listen to the episode with yaro um i have a podcast called the homebody podcast that i am showing up to every week um my website is mgallardice.com and that's where you can find all about like sessions, which I offer one-on-one -on -one sessions and an ongoing offering. And then I have an online community that I nurture that is, that will open again in May where we're really, we're focused on these things. Like we're focused on aligning with ourselves through mystical practices and through relating with each other. Um, because I think in order to create the world that we want, we have to be aligned with ourselves and with our love and, and using potentially these, remembering these mystical practices in order to do that. So those are really the primary ways that I am focusing my energy um, is podcast sessions and community. And I'm really, I'm really happy with that mix right now. Yeah, I love your podcast. And again, thank you so much for having me. It's really a beautiful show and I feel so similar along the lines of like yeah podcasting and being in online community spaces like on Mighty Networks that feels really good and um I'm so happy we both left Instagram just as a side note wasn't that great <laughs> it wasn't so great and it, I think yeah. it was probably around the same time because yeah. you it was they came out with their new terms of use yeah I think on the 20th and I was like oh hell no like <laughs> it already didn't feel good and then it really was like mm, yeah no no yeah yeah and, it's the same yeah so it's <laughs> um it's sweet and so we have I think it's it makes me feel interested in also watching others and how we're learning to navigate mm -hmm. without it so it's inspiring to hear about your journey as well mm -hmm. yeah thank you I'll, I'll add all your links to the show notes as well so if anyone didn't catch that it will be there as well 
And yeah, thank you so much again for everything that you shared. There was so much beauty there and so many tools and cool perspectives and so much to sit with and think about. So thank you so much. It is so my pleasure. I loved it. (laughs)